Hi, everybody. Welcome to Don't Be a Stranger, brought to you by WPHU Radio. My name is Soph Corcoran. I have a very special guest with me here today, Haley Fry. Good morning. Thanks uh, for having me. Thank you. I actually, now I, I'm kind of glad this is our second take. Um, I didn't even like start with this. Like, how are you doing today? <laughs> are you I'm, having a nice morning? I'm doing good. I'm having, having a nice morning. I, I told you right before we started, my morning actually started with like a super rushed half mile run to the train. So um, it's been nice to just like chill out and be here. And then and, uh, I wait outside while I ran uh, 10 minutes late this morning, of course, to sit on Henry Ave. <laughs> um, so Haley is a special guest today because um, she is my clinical psychology professor. And I have so much fun in that class. And I didn't mention that in the first take, so I'm kind of glad. And um, so Haley, if you want to tell us more about your licensure, because Haley did come out of um, the CTC program here at Jefferson, which is something that I know a lot of us who are involved in the station and listen to the station um, kind of are in or are interested in. So um, I'll give it to you. Yeah. So I went to CTC. I was in their second class. So I was early days in the program. I graduated in 2016. Um, and I am currently an LPC, so a licensed professional counselor in PA. Um, and I've been licensed for four, four years, five years, something like that. Wow. I think it was 2019. Yeah, so it's actually, I have a question about how the times, like the changing of the times and then working in that, like post-COVID, because that's something that I'm really interested in, because yeah. it's something that I feel like is so newly studied in a way. Um, I know in class I'm always asking like COVID-related questions, because it's just, just so fascinating to me that such a big traumatic thing can happen to so many people and um this is a topic switch i usually don't talk this much but my roommates and i yesterday watched the insurrectionist next door on hbo max and it was so fascinating because every person they interviewed had voted for obama and is now in QAnon. it was at the insurrection every single one of them they were all um they all voted for obama and then they the pandemic happened and then they were all in QAnon. Like, how does that happen, right? That is <clears throat> such a wild space I, to, to transition from. Yeah, Yeah. The, the world is so weird. Yeah, the ran- world is so weird. random just, like, question. Um, what Do you know anything about QAnon? Are you, uh, like, half, like, educated? Like, like uh, this Twitter sc- doom scrolling? So I, I'm certainly no, like, expert. It's not something I, like, spend a lot of time, like, looking into. Yeah. My, my sort of, like, take on QAnon is, like, right, it's, like, very culty. Yeah. This is, like, a super um, vulnerable yeah. population mm-hmm. um, and a really dangerous one. I yeah, I think they're on like terror like terrorist like watch lists and stuff. See, this is like a niche that I'm just like so fascinated in because I just don't I can't conceptualize like how people go from that one extreme to a completely other one. Like it what is, happened? Yeah, what and that, happened that yeah. this like one eighty like was so drastic. Yeah, no, I just it is just something that I will never understand and I just will keep going on the internet about um, so before we got on the air today, I know that you had mentioned that you were from Massachusetts. Um, what has life been like here in Philly? So first off, why Philly? And then what has been the major difference for you? I guess both East Coast, but still. Yeah. 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 
So how I landed in Philly was is sort of like an embarrassing story. It all worked out for the for the best. I'm glad. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, 18, graduating high school and looking for a place to go to school. And I did no research. I did no research. One day we had this class where you could like do college prep stuff, like applications, you know, blah blah blah. And I was scrolling through the Common App. Do they still have that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah. But it was really cool that you had to fill out one application and then you could just send it to multiple places. And I was literally scrolling <laughs> through, saw Philadelphia University, and I was like, oh, cool. Philly would be fun. Yeah. Clicked on it, submitted it, got accepted, never went on the website, <laughs> um, never visited the school. My determining factor was Philadelphia was the furthest place. <laughs> of course. Because I, I had applied to some different schools, and it was, like, the furthest, furthest and, like, the most reasonable. Yeah. And I was like, sure, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea about anything. No. About the school, about the area, where it was. I, I literally learned it when I showed up for orientation. I mean, you took the jump, and was it worth it, you think? It it was definitely worth it. It all worked out. Yeah. I couldn't have, I don't think I would have picked a, a better like program and place to, mm-hmm. to settle into because yeah. of the things that I was exposed to. Yeah. You know, things that only exist here, like the CTC program. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, did you start in the CTC uh, program? So when I started here, like an undergrad, the CTC program was still developing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't exist yet. It wasn't a class. It wasn't a program. Dale Michaels was still developing it. Yeah. Um, he was probably much further along. Yeah. In the, like actual producing it. Um, but when I was like at the midpoint of undergrad, Dale was my advisor mm-hmm. and I had been meeting with him and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like maybe I should transfer you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think I want to be a counselor, but I don't know. And he was like, I'm, I'm creating this like really cool <laughs> Do you, do you think you want to be in it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. So the second half of my undergrad was doubling up as many like classes and courses that I could take so that I could graduate early. Yeah. And then my Last semester of undergrad and my first semester of grad school, I actually took at the same time. Wow. So I was like sort of this like five-year program, but mm-hmm. it didn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, which was like a wild ride to be in a full undergrad yeah. and a full grad program in the same semester. That's like truly a pioneer in the CTC program like here. It was, yeah. it was I think, a very different experience than the really like thought out – evenly spaced one yeah because you're you're yeah five year program right like, yeah it is way more manageable mm. and like helpful yeah they kind of make it seem like it is like split up now into that three and a half years first and yeah. then i think one and a half year for the second piece of it but that is just like i i couldn't imagine having to just like stack that but like you're so driven What made you want to kind of work with people and be a counselor? I was one of those people, and I, I think we're we're probably pretty common um, in the field of like helpers or, or whatever it is, yeah. like psychology or medicine or something. Um, who say like, oh, I just kind of always wanted to. I always thought it was cool. I always liked talking to people mm-hmm. and 
um, before being like an actual counselor. I also liked telling people what to do. How are your classes going this semester? How has like student participation been? Have people been giving you what you want? You know? Yeah, yeah. So my classes have been good. Um, this semester was interesting, and I'm curious if you've seen it too in yours. Like, a couple of the more recent semesters last year, I had like super full classes. Yeah. Like, 30 I get emails from students like hey can I please be an extra in your class like I really need this course um and this year there's like actually a couple of seats open in all of the yeah. classes yeah yeah college is hard yeah it is like really difficult to be a student and mm-hmm. especially for so many students who are like not just students right yeah they're running a podcast they're like <laughs> they're the RA or they're yeah. dealing with commutes or they're working somewhere that's mm-hmm that's not like super flexible with their hours yeah it's right? understanding mm. kind of their other time commitments yeah it's a lot um not this is kind of a jump but when you were here did you speaking of working did you get to work anywhere around here just like like i love food service i'm always curious so i actually worked over at hagger hall oh i was like the front desk of learning and advising wow the easiest job Mm -hmm. it was really cool um i just checked people in for their tutoring appointments or helped them like get scheduled i got to meet like a couple of the professors classes i would never take yeah um yeah it was it was a really easy chill job Mm -hmm. wow and then what if um i i think of course i want to ask but like the the shift of I guess 2021, and you teach intro, so that was a lot of freshmen. And I know this class is freshmen with 800, but actually the fall of, yeah, 800 or 900 with commuters. Yeah, insane stuff. But I know the fall of 21, that was my freshman year, so there wasn't really a lot of us. Um, But what did you kind of notice about, like, just from what you knew about these kids and then coming out of high school from going online and everything? It was sort of this interesting thing because, like, I didn't have, like, a class before COVID to compare it to, except for my own experience in this classroom as a student. Um, But I could see, like, what a transition it was to be, like, navigating. So, like, things were still, like, I mean, things were open, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the world was functioning again. People were going places and doing things. But there was, like, in the kind of global and, like, countrywide context, there was, like concerns about vaccines Mm -hmm. and mask mandates and people having feelings about these things and everyone was like returning yeah like I think probably most of those students had finished out their senior year Mm -hmm. in like some sort of a maybe hybrid situation because it was they had graduated in 2021 Mm -hmm. right yeah um but it still felt like everyone was like returning to campus returning to class and I heard so much of, like, we're really glad to be back in the classroom because, like, yeah. online learning was terrible. Online learning yeah. was so hard. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think it's just so, like, what you overheard is just so fascinating because it was, like, I didn't step foot into a classroom my senior year. And I did, when I did, wow. it was just for one day. And I was, like, nobody was there. So I was, like, this, is, like, isn't worth it for me. I actually... Um, I went to four different high schools in four years. I, um, yeah, I actually started at my senior year high school, March 12th of 2020, that Thursday. So I was there for a day. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. It was really rough. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why I think I'm so fascinated is because at least for me, there was a before and there was an after. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always just like curious as to like 
what people were saying at that time, especially people that were in kind of like, I guess, the same boat as me, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a hard transition for so many people. And there was like, uh, there was like this mixed feeling of like, we're so glad to be back. And yeah. like, oh, shoot. We're back. Yeah, no, it was definitely like a wake up call for me. I this is just like sad, but I was a pharmacy major and like I it just wasn't for me. It was just like and I think that was um, we had talked about the college app and, you know, applying for school. I think for me, that was the hardest for the pandemic was not having that opportunity to like go to my counselor and be like, hey, like maybe taking chemistry for six years and I didn't even take it in high school wasn't the best idea for me yeah I didn't even take chemistry in high school college was the first time I took chemistry and I was like let me be a pharmacist wow yeah so right I can't imagine one of the things that I like love about psychology is that like I never had to take a chemistry class yeah I never had to take a physics class no I interesting cool. yeah love that there are experts no there yeah yeah yeah. cool things like medicine yeah. and, and trained pharmacists um and yeah. makes my brain hurt yeah no I I remember my sophomore semester I sat and I had orgo physics and anatomy all in the same like six hour block and I was like yeah I don't know if this is gonna be the right thing for me to do yeah um so I just and then I guess that kind of even leads into what was undergrad like for you here? Like I guess pre even pre CTC, like were yeah. you involved in anything? Like did it make you want to work in higher education? Like seeing uh, going through your undergrad years here. So I loved undergrad. Philly U is like well, it was Philly U when I came here, yeah, right? And I'm, and I'm always going to refer to it as Philly U. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. It was. So I started here in 2011. Mm. I've never been down here. Yeah, this is Raven Hub. This is, yeah, I don't know. It's very different. The dining hall upstairs looks different. It must have been renovated sometime in the last, oh, 12 years, which makes me feel so old. Um, But, yeah, campus was cool. It's, you know, one thing I loved about this campus is that it was small. Yeah. And at times, like, as a student, I was like, is it? too small mm-hmm. right and and I think it was the best thing for me yeah right just like the type of person I am my personality being in a small space being in a classroom where it's like max 30 people as no, opposed yeah. to sitting in a lecture hall with hundreds like that just would have never been a space for me to like really learn and 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 do well I think yeah, yeah, yeah. um so I was a little bit involved um my roommate freshman year, who I'm still friends with to this day, oh. um, we lived together for two years in college. Um, one day she was like, we should join the Interfaith Council. And I was like, okay, I'm not religious. And she was like, it doesn't matter. Like, let's just huh. go. And I was like, okay. So I joined that for like a year. Wow. And we like organized the like holiday party on campus which wow. was like fun that's right? awesome and I was like, yeah oh look at this is so interesting like there's it was interfaith right so there's yeah. people from all sorts of organized like big name religions or you know maybe a smaller community on campus it was it was really interesting it wasn't something that I um stuck with yeah my time yeah here. um but still what a fascinating dip your toe in a little yeah, bit right like, Sure. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here to, like, listen to this conversation. Oh, you know? that's awesome. Um, and then for a few years, I also did, I don't know if the partnership still exists, but 
there was um, a Big Brother Big Sister program. No, I that, don't know. Um, do you know Big Brother Big Sister? Um, it's like when you it's like you find it with the child, right? Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. Like link up people in the community. Um, and there was a partnership, some sort of partnership. I don't know how strong or yeah. long lasting it was, but the Mifflin School over yes. um, Midvale, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there were a group of students who got you know, buddied up, partnered up, yeah. and um, I would go over a couple of days a week and, like, hang out with this kid. His name Aww. was Charles. <laughs> um, I think he was in, like, third grade, maybe, and mm. we would, like, you know, there was just, it was just, like, a space to, like, explore, like, you know, this other part of, like, the East Falls community, yeah, you yeah. know, and we would just, like, hang out. Um, I think I would help him with homework every once in a while. Yeah. There would just be like a sort of space for like this big brother, big sister program to exist. Um, and it was cool. I How had, special. I had a great time. Yeah. Oh, that's like, and I think that's what is so immersive about like, even like with Philly U and everything. It's like, this has always been kind of like such a community based university yeah. and like, like working with people like that. Like, I'm sure that like, even outside of just like doing that then like now you like sit and think like do you think that led into being a counselor is wanting to work with kids like that and stuff yeah I think they were definitely related for me you know Mm -hmm. before I'm doing the work that I'm doing now I thought I wanted to work with kids clinically Mm -hmm. um so for me at that point I was like oh like I want to work with kids one day so like here's a way I can do it now yeah here's this way I can sort of be a part of this community and they have this cool program that exists already. You know, it wasn't anything I had to yeah. be creative about. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely my thinking of, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So here's a way I can sort of be involved already. Oh, that's so awesome. And then did you, like, when you were in school, you were able to find, like, a balance pretty well? Like, you weren't ever, like, chasing, running around with, you know, looking to cover all those bases all the time? Yeah, I think... Well, I think, like, sometimes college, like, is a running around trying to cover all of your bases. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, probably, like, the reasonable amount. Yeah, no. I, I just, like, I have I have never felt time, like, physically go by the way that I have felt it go by in the last three years. And I don't know if that's just, like... A co- like I'm hoping it's just a college thing because I I don't know if I could go through the rest of my life with just like f- like literally like feeling time like pass by like I don't know if school was like that for you too just like a blink and everything is just like you're about to walk you know yeah it's Swerving. such a demanding time yeah like being a student having a job having a social life yeah doing all of the things you know it's so odd to look back on and like how did I find the time for all of that yeah and I and I think like unfortunately on college campuses it's like students sacrifice their sleep yeah (laughs) right yeah that's the way they find the time yeah I um I I started just not allowing my sleep to be my top giving up like I would rather give up my alone time during the day than like not go to bed at like 10 o'clock at night just yeah. because it happens a lot doesn't mean it should happen. Yeah, right? no, like, yeah. Sleep is so important. I, freshman year, was, like, that person that would, like, stay up, like, and study and, like, make my Quizlets and do my, like, index cards. But then there was just, like, one day where I just woke up and I was, like, that, like, wasn't 
worth it at all. And then you just kind of start, I think, after that first little grace period of freshman year, you kind of start like putting the pieces in the puzzle like my um my therapist who I always speak like super highly of said that like the co- like 1821 is like a puzzle because you have the outside of the puzzle already done from high school because it's like the easiest part of the puzzle to do but it's like the inside is like the most difficult part of the puzzle so that's why it takes like the most like effort love that metaphor right isn't that so nice that is such a nice metaphor and i love to hear that you have like a therapist who you think so highly of yeah have a good relationship with one of the most like important parts about being in this field is like doing the destigmatization of it yourself and like kind of like practicing what you preach in a sense because it was like like for me it was very like difficult to kind of because like i grew up with a family where like mental health like came last and i think um, working in the field that I want to work in, it's like you kind of have to, I guess, make it make sense with you first. So, yeah, but I, I, I really like, not to overshare, but, like, I really like my therapist a lot. Like, I've been with her for, like, three years now. And, like, but the puzzle thing, like, it totally changed like my outlook on like school because it's like I have more time like I don't have to figure out this puzzle like tomorrow you know the puzzle isn't due today yeah 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 I love the the part about you said the the outside right it's like high school it's this framework it's Mm -hmm. it's the easiest part to do yeah the inside we know takes Mm -hmm. more effort takes more time yeah takes way more of this like I'm gonna try this thing oh those two don't match yeah they matched in this like one way but they Mm -hmm. don't match in this other way yeah orienting yourself to that process of like oh yeah trial and error this Mm -hmm. is gonna take time it's going to be hard and probably uncomfortable at some point yeah like that that's like such a powerful idea yeah no I and I I love just like learning little things like that that just like I am like she gave me this I don't want to just talk about my therapist but like she gave me this book too and it was like turn your um fear into faith and it's like um and it's like trying to get rid of like negative thinking patterns and it's like Instead of, like, like I think one of the most, like, mundane examples was just, like, something bad happened, but it happened because it'll benefit you, not now, but for something else later in the day. And it's like, well, okay, maybe you can get tickets to this concert, but, I don't know, on that same day, six months from now, maybe you'll have something else to do. And it's just, like, little things like that. But the puzzle thing, I think, was definitely, like, the biggest, like... Like, oh my gosh, like, I have all this time in school, and I'm not yeah. going to go crazy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so finally getting into the meat, I'm so excited to hear about your experience in the CTC program. And I know you kind of were at the forefront of it, so I think that's, like, even more fascinating to hear. Yeah, I really enjoyed my time in the CTC program. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I joke, I managed to get through undergrad without a single 8 a.m. start. <laughs> Not a single class, which was great because mornings yeah. are like, uh, they were just like really hard for me yeah. to get to class on time. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, what a feat, you know? Yeah. Uh, and since I was doing, you know, my, the situation going into grad school was, well, my first semester I was doing undergrad classes during the week. Mm-hmm. I worked full time, wow. um, full time ish, right? And I didn't want to, give up that weekday time so yeah. at the time they offered two programs every like 
Wednesday and Thursday or Thursday and Friday, something mm-hmm. like that. Would be, there would be like classes every week. Or the alternative was like this weekend program. Yeah. So every other Saturday and Sunday, you would be in class for eight hours straight. Wow. And they started at 8.30 in the morning. Gross. And I was like, oh my gosh. This is my earliest class. They're my last classes of like my academic career. Yeah. And they're my earliest. 8 a.m. Um, that's tough. And yeah. it, was like, it was like 8.30 to 4.30. Mm-hmm. We had like a, a break for lunch and stuff, but they were really long days. Yeah. Because um, we were essentially, since it was an every other week schedule, we were doing two classes per meeting, right? Um, so that was like a an interesting cohort to be in. Um, we did, I'm not sure how much the CTC program has changed, but we were in cohorts. So we started together and we were in every class together through the entire duration of the program. And what was cool about being in the weekend program was that a lot of my peers were older than me, Mm. were maybe already working in the field and had like regular 40 hour a week full-time jobs Mm. during the week yeah and like some of them were way older than me I was like yeah I was like 22 I Mm. think when I started 21 yeah and I was working with people and learning with people who were in their 30s and 40s and 60s wow like it was a totally different makeup student-wise than compared to the the weekday program which was more fit and kind of geared toward students who were my age yeah yeah yeah. Um, because it worked with the schedule it was like a predictable week um week it was a predictable school week schedule yeah um so it was really cool I was I was really glad that I picked that that program Mm -hmm. um it was it was just so cool and I think like professor wise, it's changed a lot. I'm I'm not sure if there is anybody who taught me who still teaches in the CTC program. Um, Any shout outs you want to give on the air? Um, okay, so on air shout outs. Um, Dale obviously was a great professor for in sure. The program. Um, I really enjoyed classes with um, Dr. Christine Kennedy. Christine Kennedy, yeah. Who I don't think is in the program anymore. She was really, really cool, super insightful. Um, we took, I think it I think it ended up being like maybe taken out of the program at some point, but we had a disaster class too. I briefly heard of that, that there was like the disaster thing. Yeah. It was such such interesting content. And the woman who taught it, mm-hmm. I'm, I can't remember, I, I don't think, Sarah Powell was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't stay on as, like, full-time faculty. She was sort of like a, maybe like a visiting professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually ran Temple University. Wow. She was, like, the department head of their, like, emergency response sort of program. So she was someone who was, like, really, really highly trained, super skilled, and it was just like such an interesting class yeah. to think about, and and in the context of a trauma informed education, That's, yeah, like it was so fascinating, yeah, so so fascinating. That's yeah. I was gonna say like 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 specifically thinking of that from a tra- like trauma scene. It's not some, something that you would really think about, right? Yeah. 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 How fascinating! Did you have like 
like I guess out of all of them did you have like a like a class that stuck with you the most that you think you like gained the most from even undergrad too you can kind of rope all them in together there were it's so hard right because like I think my perspective on counseling would be so different if even one of those classes yeah. was taken out yeah. right? or was changed or was delivered in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had so many good ones. Yeah. It's hard to remember. It's hard to pick yeah. one. See, uh, you'll note, like, uh, towards my later questions, I'm a very much, like, like, favorites person, like, if that makes sense, like... I don't I don't know if it's like from my childhood or something but it's like I am if I'm asking someone about something it's gonna be like what's your favorite this because I feel like at least like for me there's always something that kind of sticks a little bit more so I I just always like to ask but I feel like it always like puts people on the spot for sure because it's like I'm not gonna make you pick like your favorite collegiate class on this little podcast you know make you sit and reflect like that (laughs) I feel like I, I have this, like, thought of, like, I want to, like, go back and, like, look through, mm-hmm. like, old class notes. And yeah. Then, then I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, it was definitely this one. Yeah. Right? Um, I can tell you what my least favorite was. Please. Um, the professor was great. <laughs> yeah. It was not her fault. Um, but there was a career counseling wow. class. Mm-hmm. And it was such boring content to me that I have this like special feeling toward career counselors I'm like you do some really really interesting work and it's not for me yeah thank god there are people like you yeah no I it was it was not it it's interesting stuff like when you talk about it like John Holland's theory and Mm -hmm. But for a whole course, I was like, it was like the bane of my existence for a little while. Yeah, that definitely sounds really fascinating to just, yeah, career counsel. Yeah, because, I mean, if you, there are so many types of different counselors. It's like you have to take all those classes even though that's not what you want to do. Yeah, that is yeah. so fascinating. Yeah. I'm so excited to be involved in that, like, and to, you know, learn more. Would you, I, I guess, like, recommend the CTC program? Like, I know... For me, like, I was so, like, lost, in a sense, like, the beginning of undergrad. But it's, like, once I found out about this program, it, like, like clicked for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had, had, like, a similar sort of experience. Of yeah. Being, like, I don't know what I'm going to do or where it's going to mm-hmm. be or how I'm going to get there, right? Yeah. And then there was this program, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Being trauma-informed, that's, that is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Right? Um, I would totally recommend the program. Yeah. Um, and I've also gotten like some cool opportunities to hear about people who come across like other yeah. CTC therapists mm-hmm. and they do nothing but rave about them. You know, so awesome. they, there is like a real positive impact in the training that, that occurs here. Yeah. And it's I, it's really special. Uh, yeah. And it is, it's just so special and it's because of like faculty and staff like you and you know who all work together to kind of and and I I don't want to keep just like bringing up like puzzles but it is a puzzle and you guys are all the pieces so I think it is really fascinating and it is such a like driven program and it's just so fascinating to see and I you know I wanted you here because it is so 
like inspiring to see like you successfully doing what you do and it's like oh my gosh like I want to do that one day too and it's just so special that's great that warms my heart yeah no um uh yeah uh so I know you've been a licensed clinician for you said for four years so it's 2019 um back to my like COVID insanity what is working in mental health kind of you know has changed like post COVID and what I know 2019 is kind of cutting it still but you know still yeah so I've been doing clinical work since graduation, right? Yeah. Since 2016. I, I became licensed. It took a little bit to get my license. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, it's like so much has changed and so much is still the same. Yeah. Right? Um, the way that I work is totally different, mm-hmm. right? I do only telehealth right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I'm always like, oh, yeah, when I return to the office, like mm-hmm. when I go back into the office. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't really happened yet. And it's, I think a lot of people like telehealth. They think it, you know, that's, that's another story. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So like what's changed? Um, one of the cool things is that more people are exposed. Like, yeah. Like you talked about before mm-hmm. to this idea that like we can, we can actually take the stigma out of this. Yeah. Right. You're not like some leper on like the fringe of society because yeah. you like want to talk to someone about your feelings mm-hmm. or what's going on in your life yeah. or who you are. Yeah. Like that's actually cool and totally mm-hmm. okay. So I think that from my like vantage point, mm-hmm. I've definitely been able to work with more people who might not have come into therapy otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who who might have been a little bit more skeptical or mm-hmm. taken a bit more time yeah. to eventually get in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really nice part about it. Yeah. And I guess with telehealth that access is easier now as well. And it's like an an, an advantage, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes worry about the ways that telehealth isn't an advantage. Yeah. Right? Like, um, whether that's privacy concerns or someone is still just, like, I don't know, overwhelmed with, like, what sort of telehealth options there are. Right? Yeah. There are certain mm-hmm. um, there are certain organizations and institutions that have cropped up that might not be doing justice. Um to the field or to the work or to yeah. their clients because of the, the ways in which they have set themselves up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen the other two on HBO Max, but no. they have this, like, um, it's, like, it's about this kid, and he's, like, a, hmm, he's kind of, like, a Maddie B raps type, like, a kid who got, like, famous, and then, but it's about his two older siblings. That's why it's called the other two. But they do, like, um, the one episode's about better help and about how, but they do this, like, telethon where it's like oh like you do like you tweet hashtag like night of like chase dreams or whatever the kid's name is and you'll get a free month of like month of therapy and then the whole episode was about how um he was like i want to say like oh if you buy my album you get like a free month of like online therapy and i don't know if that's what kind of you were talking about there is programs like that that just kind of take advantage i guess of the accessibility part and and like maybe are marketing that they do therapy but like Mm -hmm. aren't really aren't really like doing therapy yeah right Mm um and like i'm all for like change and growing the field and all of this and like also like some things should like be pretty consistent yeah um so I, i worry a little bit about that i worry about you know like on the therapy sense like um having a session 
Yeah. And if you're doing it from home, like, is that a private space? Yeah. Right? Like, is it actually... Yeah, it's more of like a fear of mine that like this won't actually be as helpful mm-hmm. to people at some point. Um, but for the most part, what I've seen is that, yeah, people are like, wait, I don't have to like leave work in the middle of the day yeah. to drive to my appointment and then sit there and then drive back. And, oh, I could like log off of work if I work from home yeah. and in 10 minutes start my session. Yeah. Like that, I think it's it's just like one less thing for a person to have to juggle. Yeah. That makes it all the more accessible. Yeah. And especially like people that work and like only have that time for therapy on their lunch break or students who are trying to like run around and you know, it's like, oh, I have this pocket from like 2 to 2.45. Like, I'll just go to the library and right. just open my computer. Yeah. yeah. And um, I guess that's the other thing about post COVID is the accessibility, is it's gotten a lot more, I guess, like accessible. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess hopping off of that and moving, I know I talked about the other two. What are you watching right now? Is there anything that you're streaming, like documentary, movies, like show? I'm not picky. I haven't actually watched a documentary in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, I watched um, the first part of, what was it called? Um, some documentary on the Eagles, like the band, not the football team. Oh. Um, and that was really interesting. Yeah. Have to watch part two. Um, what else am I watching? Only Murders in the Building. Is that good? I actually haven't gotten around to that yet. It is so good. Yeah. It's like such a cute show. Mm -hmm. It's like super silly. It's one of those shows that are not going to be like... We have shows for different reasons, right? Like, we want to watch a show because we, like, want to feel something or we want to learn something. And, like, Only Murders in the Building is just, like, pure silliness, like, comedic relief. Um, We're watching that. Um, Reservation Dogs or Res Dogs on on FX, right? Yeah. Is that good? I saw that. Not saw it, but, yeah. It's really good. I think I'm probably a couple weeks behind at this point. Mm. Um, but it's just, like, such an interesting story, and it has, like, so many, it highlights so many cool Native American folks in, you know, in the industry, in the world, it has, like, so many cool so voices. Cool. It's, it's a great show. Oh, I, got, I know the final season just came out, right? I think that's the last I think this thing. is the, this is the last one. Oh, I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Do you have, like, here's my my favorite question. Do you have, like, a favorite show? Like, if you're watching something, something you always go back to? Something I'll always go back to? Yeah. I think I have two. Um, I recently got kicked off of my sister's Netflix. It, like, <laughs> so, I got yeah. the message that was like, hmm, are you traveling? This is in your household. And I was like, ah. Yeah, don't get me started. Um, I just got into a huge fight with my mom about that last night. Like, because we tried to watch the new Big Mouth, and it was, like, not, a, like, on my TV. It was so sad. So, so sad. Yeah. So, on Netflix, I would watch Gilmore Girls. Yes. Uh, a literally classic. still own, I have Gilmore Girls on DVD. Nice. I think I have the first three or four seasons. Yeah. Like, still own them. <laughs> don't have a DVD player. Mm-hmm. Will probably have them for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um love that show mm-hmm. because I don't have Netflix right now um, I watch a ton of Impractical Jokers oh my god what a good show hilarious <laughs> right even if you've seen the skit yeah even if you've seen it 
it's still hilarious. It's, the, it's just as funny the second or third time around. You know what? Like, I will say, like, that is a show that could get me, like, crying. Like, just, like, thinking about it. Like, I saw the, like, one that they did that was just, like, so stupid. I forget. I, I like, wish I could remember. But... It was definitely Sal. I know whoever it was. It was. Do you have a favorite Impractical Joker? My favorite Impractical Joker is probably Joe. Yeah. Um, which is sad that he's not on the show anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think he's. I think he's the funniest. Um, I, I was actually just having this conversation the other day of like <laughs> ranking your jokers. Right? Yeah. So mine is Joe first, mm-hmm. then Murr, then Sal, and then Q. Really, Q at the bottom. That's yeah, an unpopular a opinion. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say I actually would probably put Q as my number one. Would oh. go as far to say, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's. They're all hilarious. Yeah. But I think I think the other three are funnier. I don't know. I haven't I um I haven't rewatched it. I think if I rewatch it now I would say Murr is probably the funniest. Like if I had to sit and rewatch it. And then probably Sal. I don't know if you've seen what we do in the shadows, but it's on FX. that one is really funny. It's like a like a mockumentary about these vampires in Staten Island and their familiars like a human. But he's on the one episode and it's just like so weird because it's like they kidnap him or something and it's like, Why is he on this? That's um, great. Yeah. That's great. So going back to uh, watching, did you see that horrible Phillies game last night? Um, I did. Yeah. And I actually, we, we had it on last night, and um, it was the second inning. It was right before, who bats before Bohm? Is it Harper? Or, I forget, whoever, yeah. whoever bats before Bohm. I think it is Harper. Blows it, right? Yeah. I got up. I went to walk in the kitchen, and I said, it's all over. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> my boyfriend says, don't say that. <laughs> it's only the second inning. We have nine innings. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I literally, like, crossed the threshold into the kitchen. Mm. And then I hear, oh, my God. <laughs> Boom. And he, like, hit the first home run. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, maybe we have a chance. Yeah. But, yeah, that was that was unfortunate. I'm definitely super negative when it comes to sports. Like, I, I don't know if it's, like, in, I've, if I feel as it's, like, an intuitional thing. But it's, like, I the moment that they, like, yeah, like, the second or third inning, I was, like, like, once that he got that home run, I was, like, I think it's over for us. Yeah. Because yeah, it was, because, like, or, or no, the le- it was, like, the seventh inning where Harper went up again and just, like, totally bombed it. And I was, like, guys, I... I don't know. I was like, I don't think that we should go to Broad Street tonight. I think I was like, I think it'll be a very bad idea. Yeah, no, um, oh, no, for sure. Um, are you listening to anything right now? Like any music stuff? Um, I know you love Maggie Rogers. Huge fan. Love Maggie Rogers. Yeah. Super stoked for her to get recording and put out another album. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, what else am I listening to? Just a recommendation, if you like um, Maggie Rogers, kind of like someone who's kind of like her. Her name's Katie Kirby. I don't. She's from Nashville, but oh. she has this song called Traffic. And since January of last year, it's been my number one song. Really? Yeah. She has this album called Cool Dry Place, and it is just like, like every. And she sounds not just like Maggie Rogers, but that same like branch. Same every like single consecutive song is just like incredible. Like from the beginning to the end, and then she has a new album actually coming out soon and she just dropped the single for it yesterday 
Yeah, it is. So Katie Kirby, she is so good. Uh, I was just in Nashville. Oh, awesome. That's why we did asynchronous classes a couple weeks ago. That's so cool. And I went for, I went to like six concerts. That's Uh, so awesome. There is, I'm not sure if you know who John Prine is. I definitely, I definitely know. Like American, yeah. folksy, yeah, yeah, yeah. songwriter. Mm-hmm. But he died a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He actually died from COVID. Wow. Um, and yeah. he has this song called Hello in There, mm-hmm. which is... Bette Midler really- covered that song. Yeah, I know exactly that song. So it's a really beautiful song. And um, after he died, his wife and, and children, who, who are all adults, you know, mm-hmm. they started a foundation called the Hello in There Foundation. And they raise money for various like mental health organizations and and different things so they put on this like concert series called the you got you got gold um and they do it in nashville around john Wright's birthday and it was the cool thing about it is you buy these tickets Mm -hmm. to these different shows and you have no idea who's going to play they don't. They don't release any details. So you're just going, and it's like John Prine tribute show after John Prine tib- yeah. tribute show. So we went down and we we got to listen to a ton of great music. We saw a ton of cool like old country wow. stars, um, some like new Nashville kids. Wow. Um, so that was really really cool. So I've been listening to a lot of John Prine lately too. No, for sure. Um, and um, when you said Katie Kirby, I thought about this woman Kirby. Oh, oh. Have you heard of her? I haven't, no. She has such a powerful, she's like this really, really incredible R&B singer. Mm -hmm. And she has such a powerful voice. Her songs could like bring you to tears. They're so beautiful. I would definitely recommend listening to them. They're like, like belt them out power songs. Oh, Kirby, all right. I gotta listen to her. They're really, really good. Yeah, or them. Yeah, that I gotta check them out. I'm always looking for like new music, like... Um, I don't, I don't know if I'll, this will be my last favorite question. Actually, I don't know. I have one more, but, um, if you had like a favorite like song, like, or something that you always have on like repeat. Mm, Something that I always have on repeat. I feel like sometimes when I'm asked these questions, I'm like, uh, I don't remember. Right. Like I'll have to go look. I'm like trying to visualize what my like music looks like. See, I'm like. I, I feel like I always say this too on every podcast. Like I'm like crazy, so I have like list of all my favorite things. So like I have a list of like at least I have my top five favorite everything. So I have my top five songs, my top five movies, my top five TV shows, and I have honorable mentions of all of them underneath. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm like I don't know. I'm too indecisive. I need a top ten. <laughs> um, okay, so my go tos would be I love Adele. I so love good. Adele. Yeah. So it would probably be an Adele song. Um, I love Horses by Maggie Rogers. That's such a good song. Or, um, what's the other one? Alaska by Maggie Rogers. We, my roommates and I just listened to the song and I watched them just like dance to it. Like they were both on their phones and they just were like sitting there like nodding to it. And I was like, I've been watching you both just dance to that song the whole entire just time it's been on. It. Yeah, no. And that like... I think that's the one that put her on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. Um, I'm, like, also a big Harry Styles fan. True. Um, and Bob Dylan. I like that you guys have the blood on the track. Yeah. That's my one of my favorite albums. Um, my my dad told me to listen to it my sophomore year of college. So are I was you going to go see him next month? I didn't even know he was coming. He's coming back. 
Oh, I gotta go. I know they're making that um, the documentary movie about him with Timothy Chalamet. Really? I just like I don't. I used to be a like. I, this is a, a, like a fun fact, I guess. I've met Timothy Chalamet. Really? I yeah. When I was fifteen, I was obsessed with him. I was obsessed with from the ages of fourteen to fifteen. I was like a huge like Chalamet, a Chalamaniac. I guess I just made. I don't. I don't know if they still call themselves that. Yeah. So like sad, but I I went and I got um, movie tickets. He did Beautiful Boy. I don't know if you'd seen that, but it was the one with I Steve. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. It was it was a really good movie. But um, I sat in the front row for the Q and A, and I got to ask him a question. Amazing. Yeah, he said he liked my Mercy Perku sweatshirt. Yeah, I was like, okay, Queen, thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I I gotta go. Are you planning on going to the I bomb? Am. Yeah, no, all right, I'm maybe maybe I'll see you there. I don't know. Uh, I have to figure out what what night we're going, but I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've only seen Bob once, one other time. Wow. So I'm excited. Oh. It was is he, he? Oh, I don't even know if I could ask. Like he probably kills it, right? He's great. Yeah. He's so old. And <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. that's that's so like awesome. Oh my gosh! Now you got that in my head. I can't buy any more concert tickets. I that's like my main like. If I'm gonna be spending money on something, it's gonna be on a concert. You know, yeah, nothing yeah. beats that. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Thank you again for coming and yeah. waiting for me as I, you know, am a mess. Um, or, uh, yeah, me. it was no problem at all. Um, for like two seconds. I appreciate um, like all the conversation. I do have one final question for you today, though. I like to ask it to all my guests. Um, if you had the attention of, you're gonna just think I'm like more crazy with this one. If you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say? You know, I know you ask this to all of your guests because yeah. you listen to yeah. you ask it to other guests. I've never like, had somebody say that to me before. <laughs> like, I know that you ask this. <laughs> I was like, I had so many thoughts because I was like, what a great question. And then I was like, oh my gosh, is she going to ask me? I'm <laughs> sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's such an important question. I think that's like such an interesting one too. Yeah. Right. You know, I think if I actually had the attention of the world for five minutes, right, like, if that was, like, if I was just put in that situation, I would probably end up, like, winging it and, like, talking about things I wouldn't plan to. Yeah. But if I could be, like, thoughtful and prepare something that might be shared with other people, I, I don't know that I would have much to say. I don't, I don't know if I have any great wisdom of the world that is going to, like, solve people's problems or make the world a better place um but one of the things that i think is really important if we're going to try to solve the problems of the world or feel better or do things differently is to like just take a second to breathe and like not listen or talk or think about what you're going to say next so i might encourage people to do that but I think it would be really hard to cha- like to ask people to breathe for five minutes. I think most people would be like, get out of here. Like, one breath and I'm done. What a great answer. Yeah, to just sit and just, yeah, just breathe. Just breathe. Just, just maybe notice the moment. Yeah. And, and then see what kind of effect that would have on people. Yeah, I... That is such a good answer. Wow. You surely blew me away with that. Um, Haley, thank you so much again for coming and chatting with me this morning. I had a great time. Thank you for coming to the bottom of the Raven Hub. 
you're your first time. Um, Thank you for having me. Of course. This is great. And for Thank you. Me to this whole other space on oh, campus. of course. Um, and don't be a stranger.